We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It is week seven in the NFL. Is that right, Brad? Am I right about that? Week seven? Unfortunately, yeah, it is. (laughs) Unfortunately, we're halfway through this madness already. Uh, it's week seven in the NFL. The Steelers are playing the Rams. This is the Yen's No Ball podcast. I'm John Ledger. The other voice you heard is Brad Spielberger. And we have made it this far. And so we might as well just preview this Rams-Steelers game. I don't, I don't see why we wouldn't. So, uh, yeah, this is a really tough little stretch here for the Steelers. What is it? Rams, Jaguars. I forget who they have after that. It's These next two are going to be tough because you're talking about, I think, two really well-coached teams. And, well. <laughs> We've got to see how that goes and other matchups for them, but Rams, Jaguars, and then what's the other? Oh, Titans. Well, coach, they hopefully they win. We'll see. Uh, Packers after that, the Browns, Bengals, the way they've both been playing, uh, will be tough as well. So, this is a stretch where we'll learn something about them. It's a good thing they're three and two already because I think we're gonna. This is a Rams team that, like, if you're gonna be serious, like a division ten contender, you should probably beat them, but they've just played over their heads kind of all year and so i'm very this game is very compelling to me to see um if the steelers are able to counter what i think is i would say is probably one of the best coach teams in the league generally speaking but also specifically this year given like what they're missing and the fact they're not loaded with talent like they've been in the past this has just been an unbelievable coaching job by sean McVay and raheem morris it's remarkable i mean they're, they're the cheapest roster in the nfl they're spending the least cash in the league they obviously coming into the year everyone thought they were going to stink and you know glaring holes across the defensive line besides aaron donald a bunch of glaring holes in the offensive line obviously we didn't know about the phenom that is puka nakua but when when cooper cup went down we were like who they're going to throw the ball to um and yeah they, they've been well coached and, and like you said raheem morris there's more credit as well i like how this defense has been playing um, yeah, a lot, a lot of fun matchups here, a lot of a lot of different things. But the Rams, it's a good week, I think, to have had a bye coming into this game because I think you could spend a lot of time learning about tendencies, learning what they do. They basically don't have a running back. Rookie Zach Evans, I think, is going to be you know getting the lion's share of the work. Um, you know, so, so some benefits for Pittsburgh there, but but it's it's going to be a battle. It absolutely is going to be, and I think we have to start with the game's most important position because this is where the Rams have the most. Not the only, but the most distinct clear advantage, and that is a quarterback where Kenny Pickett has played maybe the worst quarterback in the league so far this season. He's certainly in that bottom five to seven conversation, like he's in that group. Matt Stafford has been in the top tier of quarterbacks in the league. In fact, in a year where it's becoming increasingly harder to find a quarterback performance that I'll really stand on the table for this season, Brad, these guys have struggled out here. Um Matt Stafford has been awesome, and it's despite limitations of that of the cast around him. So 
How do you see this matchup? Stafford against Pickett, and is the game just like, is that it? Just right there? Like the Rams' advantage is so significant at the game's most important position that this can't really be a winnable situation for the Steelers? I mean, some games can swing that way. I don't know if I would go that far. You know, look, the Rams, what they've been able to do against some of the great defenses they have faced, including the San Francisco 49ers, teams that have phenomenal defensive fronts but have spots to pick on in the secondary. They get the ball out very quickly. They are Matthew Stafford's our highest graded quarterback on play action, um, and and the stats on play action are all, you know, top five among quarterbacks. So – they're, they're finding ways to kind of mitigate the, the offensive line issues, both injuries and just kind of a lack of talent um, in that unit. So I wouldn't say that, but I would say, like, if you looked at the rest of the rosters, we'd probably agree the Steelers have an advantage at most spots, but the coaching and the quarterback is a glaring positive in one direction. And sometimes that, that's all it takes. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the Rams offensive line has been better this season. So maybe you could say the way the Steelers group has played, that's kind of a push between two groups that aren't great, but probably good enough if the coaching's good enough, if the quarterback's good enough, you know, they can good enough to get by. And neither has been for the Steelers and both have been for the Rams. And so um the Steelers record's better than the Rams. What are the Rams? Three and three, right? Going into this game. Yep. Um, and so the Steelers record three and two. Yeah, I guess you could say the, the Rams have played a game more. What's interesting about the the play action thing that you mentioned is that the Rams are, yes, one of the best teams in the NFL at play action. The Steelers have been good at play action too and they've run it. The Steelers only run play action on 13.5% of Kenny Pickett's dropbacks, which is the second most lowest mark in the league, only behind Derek Carr's percentage. The Rams, which obviously in the past, when Jared Goff was there, they were a play action machine up near the highest uh, percentages in the league. Not so with Matt Stafford. He only does it 17% of his dropbacks. So it's very unusual. That's 25th in the NFL out of 31 qualifying quarterbacks. And Honestly, it's kind of crazy to me because I know we've just talked about how well good they are. He's unbelievable off play action. They have not really leaned into it, though, as a staple of what they've done, like a big part of what they've done. Obviously, it represents a percentage there, but 17.4% is a pretty low percentage of dropbacks. And over a course of a full season last year, I think that would have been like right at the bottom, basically. And so this is an interesting phenomenon of the Rams offense that they clearly have this thing in the bag. McVay has been one of the best play action coaches in the league for years. Stafford's good at it, but they haven't like fully leaned into it yet either. I think the big thing we've seen, it's a small uptick, but I think it's going to continue is I don't think Matthew Stafford wanted to turn his back to defenses without Cooper cup on the field. I think the last two weeks we've seen <laughs> the two highest rates of play action. You know, you, he wants to see Pukunakua and Tutu Atwell and, and these other guys like see what routes they're running, you know, exactly where they're going to be with Cooper cup. He knows exactly where he's going to be with his eyes closed. So I think that is part of it to a degree. And this is not just them being good at it. The Steelers are bottom 10 in PFF coverage grade EPA per play allowed and success rate allowed against play action. And I think Cole Holcomb needs to, it's not great. Yeah. Cole Holcomb needs to have a huge game. We've talked about Quan Alexander and Landon Roberts and their limitations, you know, in coverage and as, as guys, you know, in space, this is where Cole Holcomb needs to have one of the best games of his Steelers career, um, defending that middle of the field, carrying up the middle, you know, in Tampa two looks and different things like that. If they get in that situation where he's running the alley, like he, he's, he's got to be ready to to cover a lot of ground in this game. It's going to be a very big challenge for the linebackers. What will make it easier? The Rams cannot run the football and Kyron Williams is out of this game. I was yep. mentioned that at the, at the outset like that. So that's a significant loss. They, not that 
Kyron Williams is some game breaker, but he had been playing well for them. And frankly, that leaves their running back room in pretty dire straits in terms, especially in terms of just guys that have actually produced for them this season. Like they, this is a team a, that just hasn't been able to run the ball for what feels like since Todd Gurley was in his prime. Like it's just such a major issue and it continues to be. So I will say that Pittsburgh has tended to do better against teams that don't have that as a threat um, defensively, I think um, it allows them to kind of really just play one way um, and, and, commit numbers to coverage and, and uh, contend up front without um, worrying about loading the box and things like that. If they feel like they can play that way in this game, I think it's going to be a big advantage for them. I don't know if it'll be enough to offset the fact that Stafford cut, even Nakua, to be honest, are seem to be a little bit of another level right now. You're going to need your pass rush to make an impact, especially if they're not going to lean into any changes in the secondary personnel, like we've talked about. Um, it's going to have to be a game where the pass rush wins. And ideally there are matchups there that you like. Um, certainly the Rams offensive line has been far from outstanding this season. There have been some bright spots. Kevin Dotson, the X dealer has been pretty good. I think he's actually your highest graded guard at PFF. I think. Yeah. So uh, he's had oh, up there. Yeah. Good season for what they asked him to do. At least um, Steve Avila has flashed as well as yep. a rookie, the other guard spot overall though, what's your assessment of this Rams offensive line? Seems like still pretty underwhelming unit. I actually like the interior. The two guards you just mentioned, I think Coleman Shelton's a pretty good center as well, uh, has kind of settled in there. Uh, I, I think he belongs at center. He played right guard last year, and, and I think he's a good athlete, but I think size-wise it makes sense for him at center. You know, It also just seems like he's on the same page with Stafford. So the interior I think is solid, but I mean, Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt need to tee off on. Yeah, Rob Havenstein's like a highly paid, respected veteran, but he's a guy that is, I think, paid for his run-blocking prowess, and you can certainly beat as a pass rusher. And then Alaric Jackson or Joe Nonopum, or he's been playing more guard. Um, you know, whoever you're getting at left tackle um, is also an exploitable matchup for Alex Highsmith. So that's, I think, how you win. But obviously, you get home faster from the middle than you do from the outside. Matthew Stafford is getting the ball out lightning quick. You know, he's up there in average time to throw. Like we've talked about, you know, a lot last week as well. You also do need... You know, you need these corners, and yeah, like you said, they're not making changes. They cut Desmond King, so they're certainly not making changes. Uh, you know, that these guys need to be able to hold up early because if not, Stafford's just going to throw, you know, through the pass rush and, and mitigate that issue. That is going to be one of the keys, right? Just w- what Stafford can do, especially when he's under pressure. Uh, last year, and us, uh, well, not last year, I guess, because he barely played. I'm not sure what his numbers were last year. Probably still good in those situations, but two years ago, against the Blitz was one of the best seasons we've seen from a quarterback, from Matthew Stafford. The year the Rams won the Super Bowl. And his ability to kind of process and just zip that thing in there despite the sending extra is is really key, which is why I think ideally a, a defense like the Steelers actually matches up well strength to strength. You know, if you're talking about the fact that the Steelers can generate pressure without having to blitz has been key against Stafford. Um, there's always the chance Stafford gives you the ball once or twice, even when he's playing well. Um that could help you if you had an offense that could capitalize. I we'll get to that part of the things for Steelers. So, like hypothetically, I don't think this is like the worst matchup in the world for the Steelers defense uh, on paper. There could reach a level that Stafford's just shredding to a degree that like can't be stopped, especially when you consider the Steelers issues at corner. I wonder how they'll play this against the Rams if they are going to try to man up on these guys uh in this game or not. I'm actually kind of fascinated because they so rarely face Sean McVay, like how they're going to deal with his offense. We know the 2019 game, you and I talked about that a little bit on the last podcast earlier this week. I don't know how much of that's going to be applicable or they're going to be able to draw from that matchup to this game. Um, So I'm just, I don't know defensively really like how Pittsburgh's going to choose to match up this year. They played 
probably more zone than I anticipated or probably more man than I anticipated, given the fact that they brought Patrick Peterson in. I just thought it wasn't going to be a big part of what they were doing if they were going that route. Um, so I will be curious to see how they address that in the game like this. It's very difficult to play man against the Rams because of the amount of man beaters that they have because of the ways they'll get cup off the line of scrimmage and into his route. Um, this is a team that loves to, whether you're talking about trips or bunch or stack, all these different types of things, they will find ways to get their guys into their routes unscathed. So that might be the hardest thing Pittsburgh has to contend this week is the communication that's been talked about almost every week. It's been a major issue in the secondary. How do they communicate and pass off routes out of those formations should be something that they've worked on all week to prepare themselves for this game. Absolutely. Like I said, I think that is why the bye week is so important. Like you said, all the formations, Rams are top five in pre-stamp motion. Like they're going to try to confuse you. I tend to think we see maybe a little bit more zone. I mean, the Rams have the third most plays getting 20 plus yards this season. They, they, they are built on creating explosives. I mean, they can drive the ball on the field, but I think like you said, you do get some Stafford of, if you ask Stafford to, you know, have a 15 play drive and not make a mistake, eventually he can at times make that mistake and give you the football. So I think you might see a little bit more off and, and just say, hey, we'll let you beat us underneath and, and we'll just, you know, collectively gang tackle, attack the football uh, and make sure you don't break off a chunk play, you know, because I think with Pittsburgh, like I think they can, I know it's all cliches, but like control time possession and like sustain some drives against this Rams defense as well. And so just kind of try to go bend, don't break. Uh, the Rams have been great in the red zone. Top 15 in red zone efficiency. Uh, their scoring drive percentage is fourth in the NFL, just the amount of times they score per drive. But I think you can stop them down there and, and limit them to field goals. Um, you know, if, if you condense the field a little bit and, and don't let those guys kind of run free, get open, I think you can hold hold them to the field goals. And that could be, you know, a huge break in this game. Yeah, I mean, Stafford this season, when blitzed, is um, completing almost 60% of his passes, 501 yards. He has made some more turnovers in those situations, but still one of PFF's highest-graded quarterbacks when blitzed this season. And we obviously know the larger sample size suggests that's uh, that as well. And Pittsburgh this season, blitzing 36% of the time, which, yeah, that's going to put you uh, just outside. Well, I think they're seventh. That makes them in the NFL right now in terms of percentage. But it's again, it's not something you have to do. They have done it this season. They're always going to be a part of what they do defensively for sure. But they don't need to be at that that level uh, percentage to be able to do this effectively. Now, which I think is going to matter in this game a good bit. Um, uh, the when you look at LA up front, um, the matchup seemed to be like really good for Pittsburgh. We mentioned just the group as a whole. Uh, it would be awesome to have Game Hayward for this game. Doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Um, I wonder if I mean. Havenstein, I'm trying to remember past games against TJ Watt, but I would say his biggest struggle is giving up the edge to rushers. Well, that yep. we've talked about this before. That is where Watt likes to take his rush path. So on paper, it seems like that could be a matchup that Watt is able to exploit in pass protection. A lot of what the Rams do to help out their offensive line, though, is getting the ball out quickly or front of play action, things like that. And those things are meant to like counterbalance the fact that their offensive line isn't that great. They've kind of aided them with some of their concepts. Um, that's something we've cried for Pittsburgh to do more of. So I hope that McCann is also taking notes on this offense during this game. Um, I just wonder how those matchups are going to play out. Cause on paper, it seems like Highsmith and Watt could be ready for a big day coming off the bye. 
I think a huge element too. We talked about him as a rusher, you know, losing Kyron Williams for this game for the Rams. I remember last year in his rookie season. That's kind of funny how this story ends. Like I, I was told they love him. He's going to play way more than everybody expects. They're kind of already down on Cam Makers, etc., which obviously bore out as well. And then the reason why was because, and I think you saw it on his tape at Notre Dame, he's a phenomenal pass protector. He is a great chipper. He is great at knowing, identifying who to take up the middle or on the uh, on the edge. Um, and so him not being there in that in that capacity, I think, is also a big loss because you lose him, you lose Ronnie Rivers, you're down to rookie Zach Evans. Like, I think you're, you're going to have some missed assignments by that running back that is there to chip on T.J. Watt. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think they have a fullback on the roster. Like, maybe you get some Higby kind of staying in to help. But but that is another element to where, you know, those edge rushers really can tee off and probably are not going to get, you know, Kyron Williams throwing a shoulder into him before running a route or something like that. Um, it's just another benefit for Pittsburgh in this pass rush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's definitely been one of the strong points of uh, the Rams so far this season is – Williams' ability in that area. Uh, let's. What else on the offensive side of the ball? I mean, I guess there's the fact that Cup and Nakua are basically like interchangeable now. Both can play in the slot. Both can play outside. I wouldn't say that this is like a. I think did I mention this last week or earlier in the week? I think that this isn't like the big athleticism matchup. Like the Texans wide receiver is just straight up faster and more athletic than you got these guys, and so they beat the tar out of them. This isn't that. This is like the technical savvy and scheme matchup. We're going to have to communicate and be on top of things and be physical, all of those things. Um, But the fact that Cup is not even really being a primarily slot receiver anymore, this isn't like the the Rams offensive old when the Steelers shut down Cup, you know, years ago. Like he's being used all over the place. They have found more explosive, more creative ways to get him open and continue to utilize his gifts. So it's going to be a full challenge to try and stop these guys right now. Like just given the fact that they are using both of these players almost is like uh, facsimiles of each other in some ways. Like they're, that's not something we've really seen from the Rams in the past or past iterations of the Rams. It was very siloed roles, right, in, in some ways. I mean, there was the element of Woods being able to go inside, I guess, as well. That was that was, that mattered for their offense. But he's still a very different type of receiver than Cup. And so this Nakua-Cup combination is one that I'm very fascinated to watch the rest of the season. It's a good point. Like, I do think Nakua has more shades of a Robert Woods than he does Cooper Cup, but there's, he's definitely not, like, that far at the end of the spectrum. Um, They're super interchangeable. And like you said, they've been the Z, they've been at the slot. Um, They get each other free releases, do different things. Also, I mean, I'll just say, like, you know, he kind of fell out of favor early on and, and looked like a bust-type draft pick. I mean, Tutu Atwell has consistently made plays this year. I mean, he's super undersized. He, he makes Calvin Austin look big uh, out of the football field, but – He's got speed. I think he, his his route running to me is why he's now actually getting production. I yeah. think he came in as just like he's fast and he's shifty. And it was like, great, but like, can he actually have nuance and break things off at the right depth and and do different things? And now I think you are seeing that. Um, and Stafford's trust in him is building every single week. Uh, a lot of nice plays near the sideline, but you touched on it. I mean, there cannot be communication breakdowns with these veterans in the secondary because if there are, Stafford is going to see it. And they are going to break off a chunk play. You know, they they don't miss out on many opportunities to to take advantage of a blown coverage. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What else, off- anything else offensively for the Rams that we need to point out before we move to the other side of the ball? I think we can flip it. I got a lot of good notes on the on the Steelers and how they can attack this defense. Okay, this defense, man, it was much maligned coming into the year. Who are these guys? What do they do up front? Uh, does this run through the players very quickly? I would say that if I read the list of these names and Steelers fans were honest with themselves, I would think that most Steelers fans would know one or two players on this defense, I think would be safe to say. Obviously, Aaron Donald being one. I don't know. Would both Steelers fans even – I mean, Akella Witherspoon, I guess, is a part of this now. I guess we have to factor him in. Um, sure. So they would know him. So there's two. I don't know that there's anybody else that I would say for sure they know. Perhaps they remember John Johnson, who I don't believe is even starting for this team. I don't um, think so. Yeah. yeah. From years ago when he was actually good. I don't know what happened. Um, and then Jordan Fuller, maybe Ohio State, and he played. He was good, like when they won the Super Bowl. Like he was all right. He was solid, I guess, on that team's rotational safety. Pretty good, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I they know Ernest, Jones, Ernest. Maybe I was gonna yeah. say Ernest Jones is a good, like run defending linebacker, <laughs> yeah. like the thumper. Uh, Byron yep. Young's having like a good rookie season off he the is. edge, real explosive, compact rusher, undersized, but he's their probably their threat other than Donald. I would say up front, Kobe Turner's another rookie having a good year. They've kind of hit on yep, two yep. of these like mid-round type of rookies and and Byron Young and Kobe Turner um, to be at least role players and roles that they absolutely needed filled. Um, I don't know. This is other than that, it's a pretty crazy group. Like, I mean, who's starting at corner? Is it Akella Witherspoon, Darian Kendrick, Kobe Durant? Well, here's the thing. So Witherspoon, yes. And it has been Kendrick, but Kendrick was arrested for like a weapons charge this week. That's right. I forgot. Yeah. So I'm not even sure. There was a report like an hour before we started, like they're not, you know, they're still gathering information or who knows if he plays. Um, So it'd probably be Kobe Durant if it's not Darion Kendrick. And then shoot. I mean, I don't even know who. Their safeties (laughs) are Jordan Fuller and whatever Ross East is. Yeah, Russ Yeast, which is maybe the funniest <laughs> name in the NFL. Probably belongs Has in Pittsburgh. Be. Maybe to Russ Yeast in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Has to be the funniest name in the NFL. He's <laughs> played 402 snaps this year. I mean, that's yeah. crazy. I mean, if if you had to get he Fuller has played 403 snaps, Yeast has played 402 snaps. Like those are their top two snaps. And this is defense has been solid this year. Like they're not great, but they're solid. I mean, Darren. No, I think Raheem Morris deserves a lot of credit. Oh, I, yeah. I really do. Hundred percent. I mean, Raheem Morris, his his chances coming. You with with my thoughts being on the record about defensive coordinators getting head coaching opportunities and just the 
the hurdles that sets up for you as an organization uh, presently and in the future, uh, all that aside. Yeah. I mean, he's, well, I don't know what else you would have possibly wanted him to do. Like at this point, like all he was saying on our podcast before the season started was like, they should let Raheem Morris out of his contract because they've given him absolutely nothing. And they're ruining his chance to get another head coaching job this year and all this stuff. And he's right. But Hey, dang, if Raheem Morris hasn't made the most of everything that he's been given. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy looking at this group, how few like pl- of these players would probably be desirable NFL starters on another team. Um, I really don't know that there would be many. This is a team that is susceptible, I think, to getting beaten over the top. Um, if you can find ways to create explosives, I think those opportunities are going to be there. Their pass rush has been way better than I thought it would be. Uh, they have found a bunch of these try-hard guys who have been able to generate pressures. And you just have Aaron Donald, who has consistently over the years – made everything easier for the other players on the defense. Um, I think that that the front, if they can handle the Rams front, they could have success in this game. They don't have great coverage backers, which is another element of thing. There's lots of ways to attack this team, but dang, that's been true every week. And they haven't like really been like a bottom tier defense this season either, Brad. It's pretty wild. Wild too, because they're also like, you know, I think we think of a Rams defense and, you know, a lot of like Staley, Fangio tree, Staley type guys that have been there in the past. Like, Raheem Morris isn't just sitting back in quarter, quarter, half and like court, like they, they've hit, played some single high with Jordan Fuller back there and brought Russ East down. They've, they, they've blitzed more than you historically see from this coaching tree. Like the, he's actually done a lot of different things um, and, you know, really just tried to squeeze every last drop of talent out of this team and show different looks to opponents. Like it, it hasn't just been a classic, Hey, let's just sit back in soft zone and just keep stuff in front of us and just pray that Aaron Donald gets home. Um, yeah, they, they've done a lot. But anyway, there are still ways to attack this team. You mentioned one right there, attacking the linebackers. Uh, we have the Rams with the worst coverage grade in the NFL on throws between the numbers. I think you have to, have to, have to, have to throw over the middle of the field in this game. It cannot just be back shoulder balls on the sideline to Deontay and George Pickens. I know as I say that, you're like, good luck with that. Like, <laughs> yeah, get, a, get some we'll crossers, deep posts. Like, you gotta, you just simply gotta do it. Uh, because that is where you attack this team right now. Yeah, 22nd in overall EPA per play defensively, uh, 19th, or sorry, 18th, uh, drop again, drop back EPA defensively, like so passing plays, and then rush EPA 19th. So not good for sure, but like not in the bottom five defensive teams in the league so far this season, which is just an unreal accomplishment like i just, just really don't know how they're doing it. it's really remarkable um and so there are things to be exploited there, like you said like on paper even on tape you can see the limitations of some of these players nobody's really taken advantage of these things against the rams so far this season like to the degree that at least i think was expected to have happened so then it's hard for me to say like that the steelers are going to be the team to do that when they've struggled on offense as much as they have this season i, I don't i like it just like where do you technically there are places to exploit technically if Deontay Johnson's back um, you know, this should be a, a game that is right up his alley in a lot of ways. Like there's nobody that can mirror and match him on this defense. If they go to man coverage zone coverages, he should know exactly where to exploit. He has the speed to win vertically. Like this should be a game where he comes back strong, but uh, it is, it is hard to like bet against the Rams given like the fact that again, the coaching advantage is just so strongly in their favor, I think in this matchup that, that's where I think this will all boil down to is like how schematically do they try and attack each other? Because the Steelers on offense just have so much more talent, even with Pat Frymuth missing this game. And I, we can talk about maybe the element that that adds to this thing. But to me, that like means that the Steelers should 
be able to technically be able to run the ball better. I mean, with better run blocking in there, I think, and that should be a point of emphasis. I would think coming out of the buy as they review, Oh, what's worked for us. Oh, all these trap plays that we've done. Let's, let's keep building on those and like incorporate those into the game plan. Steelers have been good coming off the buy. I think 12 and four um, over the last 16 years or so. And so this is uh, definitely an area of strength under Tomlin in the past. I don't know if there's meaning behind those things or not. I guess there is. I mean, that kind of makes sense that, that they would, stay good off the buy. I guess there's some validity to that, but I just think that on paper, if they can't get right in this type of matchup, now the key is going to be Aaron Donald, right? But you know, and he moves all over the defense. So it's not like there's one matchup here to highlight. I wish that there were, but that's not really how it works. Like all these guys are going to be challenged by him. And so we'll have to see how they plan to deal with that. But even if you do have a plan, it's just too hard. He moves all the way around. You can't always help. You're going to have times where you just need to get the ball out quickly as an, as an offense. And man, Play action would sure help in a game like this. <laughs> I don't know if they'll lean on it, Brad, but it'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. First, the first point, Donald, I think, has the most snaps over the tackle uh, so far through six weeks than he has compared to the last like three, four seasons. Like they really are just moving him everywhere, uh, and it's working. Uh, yeah, you mentioned the play action. Uh, the Rams are eighth worst in success rate allowed against play action passes this season. Uh, Kenny, obviously, seventeen to twenty-two, hundred ninety-three yards, two touchdowns, no picks on PA. So, again, should be something they do, um, and the Rams have struggled against it because you mentioned those backers are not good coverage players, and they are good run defenders, um, so they're, they're crashing a lot, and then you can throw over the top of them. Should be a focal point. We'll, we'll see. Um, I have one more for you. This is now in the run game. And, uh, and also, I was going to say, trends, 99% of trends you see out there, especially when it's applied to betting, is bubkis. Ignore it. It's meaningless. It's dumb. It's a waste of your time. I think mm-hmm. coming off a buy is, is a fine one. I think it's indicative of you know a coach and his approach to coming off the buy. Anyway, that was just a rant because I do a lot of gambling content and some <laughs> of the tweets I see, some of the tweets I see make me cringe because they're just giving people bad advice. Anyway, yeah. If I told, if I asked you, let's say Broderick Jones starts, you know, where do you want to run? Where do you want the point of attack for the majority of your runs to be? You know, in in, in this running game. Broderick Jones starts. I'd like to run off the left side, Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> the worst team in the NFL in EPA per rush and run defense grade when the point of attack is behind the left guard or behind the left tackle is the Los Angeles Rams. Like they have a mismatch in, and it's, it's not, it's not a small sample. It's like 60 plus rushes. Um, but I mean, I guess kind of a small sample, but it's, it's, it's been some games yeah. like that's where you attack Michael Hoyt and Byron Young is making splashes against the, the pass, but not a great run defender. You need to, wherever Aaron Donald is not lined up and hopefully it's on the left. You need to just run hard uh, with either Najee or Jalen at, at that spot. Unfortunately, I don't believe today's injury report has come out, has it? I know Pat Fryer moves out, but I don't see. I don't see the report. Don't see, just Pat. Yeah, yeah just right. Pat didn't, out. Didn't yeah. see the report out yet. And I know Watt was on it yesterday with a heel injury. We're going to assume that he plays unless we hear some emergency news otherwise. But, um, yeah, that's an interesting point there. Um, I... I'm still waiting to see what decision is made with one Daniel Moore and one Bradrick Jones to see if this team does the smart thing that everybody knows they should do and starts Bradrick Jones. That'd be quite wonderful. And obviously to take advantage of that would be wonderful as well. I do expect Pittsburgh to come out of this by and want to run the football. Whether play action is also a part of that process or not, I really don't know. It has not been typically, but it's hard to self-scout and do as little well as they've done offensively this season and not look at the fact, hey, we've actually had some success with the play action. If we leaned into this a little bit more, um, I, you know, I won't put anything past Matt Canada, but that would take a really 
obtuse human um, to be able to look at that and and not try and make some changes there. So I, I don't know whether to expect that, but I would say that those are two pivotal things coming out of the game plan that they need to be able to do better um, is to be able to find ways to run the football better. Now, I know everybody's going to say the game's won and lost in the passing and they're correct about that. Um, there's a ceiling as to what Pittsburgh can do as a passing offense with the quarterback playing the way that he typically is. If that changes, then we'll change that approach. In the meantime, not expecting that to completely change, being able to run the football is going to be huge for this team. It was down the stretch last season. Like it was the people talk about the change and all of that stuff. And they won some games close late in the, in the game. Um, but running the football was a big difference maker last year for them to just be in consistently manageable down and distant situations. The other huge part of this game is that the Steelers are the worst team in the NFL by like a country mile in opening script. So if you talk about the first 15 plays of a game, nobody has achieved less value out of their offensive approach in the league than the Steelers. And there isn't even a close team. Like they could probably score three touchdowns in their first 15 plays this upcoming week, and they would still be the worst team. Like, actually, I wonder, I'm going to ask some of the data guys that do that. I forget who puts out that Get graphic. Up for us. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to run that for us. Like how many times have the Steelers had to score touchdowns in the first 15 minutes uh, uh, or first 15 plays of their script on Sunday in order to move past the number 31 team on this list. <laughs> I guess. And that is a coaching stat. If there ever was one, we talk about it all the time. Uh, we was watching last night with the Jaguars. Their issue is they're elite on the script. I think they're third now in EPA per play on script and they're outside the top 20 off of script and I get a feeling it's because Doug Peterson is helping press Taylor on the script and then press Taylor is calling plays after that uh, and things get a little bit ugly but but yeah that's a coaching stat that is a Matt Canada stat uh, and it is not pretty and I don't think it was last year either Um, yeah I mean I do think they are going to feel an emphasis like you said to run the football it's a team you can run on and look, those things are correlated. I think if, if they do get some success early, then maybe they finally will you know, run more play action thinking, oh, we've, we've had some chunk gains on the ground. Now we're going to get more respect against that. And therefore, we're going to run some more PA. But also, like if you can, I, I know Aaron Donald's scary, but if you have a plan for him in pass pro, you should feel comfortable turning your back to the defense and taking three seconds to throw the ball because these other guys are not world beaters by, by any stretch. And look, Donald's going to cook either way. So like (laughs) turning your back to the defense, like you're making uh, processes run reads and that's what you want to do. You, you don't want him teeing off just in a straight drop back situation. So you're making a process differently. Hey, look, either way, he's probably going to kill you, but this is, this is the, this is the uh, situation that every NFL team is in when they play the Rams, when that monster is on the other side. Um, So Good stuff. I, anything else on this matchup in terms of the statistics, the numbers, the individuals? I don't know that. I mean, we've talked about the Rams corners a little bit, but uh, Akella Witherspoon, by the way, I don't know what y'all have him graded. So I apologize if I'm slandering BFF. And I'm not saying he hasn't played well. He's, he's played well, like for sure. The the numbers just don't tell the full story. There was a play going around the internet that made me laugh because like I've seen good bit of him playing this year, and I'm like, he looks like kind of the same guy, just getting lucky. Like people are missing these shots on him that they could hit. But there was a play where he got like completely cooked off the line of scrimmage, like completely fried. His five yards of separation, the receiver, you know, he's throwing up the mailbox as soon as he gets <laughs> past him, and the quarterback, I forget even who they were playing. The oh, it was, it was the Cardinals. I forget who the receiver was, but Dobbs like underthrows it like badly, and Witherspoon like is able to knock it down. So it's like oh, a pass break. Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> the receiver's like five yards past him, like in the end zone. It's just a terrible throw, and I'm like, all right, cool. Like, yeah, I don't want to hear about 
Akella Witherspoon anymore. Like, he still has got enough problems. We're not going to try and, like, act like moving on from Akella Witherspoon was a problem. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, signing yeah, Patrick he's... Peterson was a problem. Signing Levi Wallace was a problem. Moving on from Akella Witherspoon, no, that's completely justified. And he'll turn back into a pumpkin here at some point. Yeah, him and Pat Pete's coverage grade is basically the same, like, low 60s. Oh, uh, no. I mean, yeah, so oh, not no. great. Yeah, so not great. Uh, Levi Akella... Wallace, though, is... Leva Wallace is our 73rd graded outside corner out of 82 outside corners in coverage grade, though. So, um, you know, again, I agree. Yeah, losing Akella was not a death knell for this Pittsburgh Steelers defense, but uh, they obviously haven't upgraded to an extreme degree either. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, on that note, like these corners, I think you have seen all season. They str- like I've seen them bite on double, like, double moves a lot and try to jump some routes. I think maybe Raheem wants them to be aggressive. And when you, when you lack talent, kind of like Brian Flores in Minnesota, all right, let's just yeah. blitz a ton and like jump routes and just try to have turnovers and just like make splash plays to win games. You you see that when you watch them at corner, like, I think they've been coached to, hey, take chances, take risks. Maybe you you use Deontay and George to take advantage of that a little bit. I think both guys can excel in that regard. Oh, absolutely. That's got to be a huge part of this game is taking advantage of what the Rams lack on the outside of corner. I mean, the, no matter who they play, like these guys – are absolutely testable, beatable all throughout the secondary, I think. And so you've got to find ways to exploit those matchups, just praying for something that isn't as static as what we've seen for three years. But I know that that's totally unrealistic to expect, but just the staticness of this team uh, just is as a route from the route distributions, the way ways that they the routes just don't complement each other. Um, they don't put defenders in stress um, at all. Uh, those things are really damaging that Pittsburgh right now, making life a lot harder for Kenny Pickett too. That stuff has to change coming out of the bye. Do I expect any of this to change? No, I do not. But that's stuff that has to change out of the bye. If it does, it could be a totally like a very challenging team to defend, even without Firemuth. Like they have enough weapons, but I just don't not sure that that's going to happen. Um, all right, are we ready for this draft? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Let's draft of the two teams' rosters. This is going to be pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, I think the Steelers should get a, a blowout win here, but not not early. But out of 20 total or whatever we do, I think it yeah. should lean pretty heavy Steelers. Right. For people who don't know, before in part of our preview, Brad and I draft from the two rosters of these two teams. We draft, uh, we just alternate picks, and we draft uh, a team of 10 players. We should go 11 players, shouldn't we, though? Like Ooh, a, a we'll lineup. lineup. Let's do 11. Yeah, let's do 11. Although it doesn't you really remember- make sense because there's offense and defense, so. Yeah, it still oh, well. it looks good. It looks okay. good on a on a graphic or something. Uh, who went who went first last? I think I went first. Who's right? the graphics? I, I need know. to we'll get, get the graphics. <laughs> yeah, we'll get a guy. We'll get somebody. All right, here we go. Uh, you went first last time. Yeah, you so I'll let you go first. first. So yeah. so you go first again, or no, no, no so I'll let oh, you go first. Okay. Go first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you said you want to go again. Yeah, let me well, just keep ripping it. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna. This actually might piss some Steelers fans off, but I'm gonna take Aaron Donald first. That's a lock. I agree. Steelers fans. There's going to be some Steelers fans that are like, they're in the same tier. You got to take our guy. They're not. I love you. TJ Watt is elite. Aaron Donald is probably the best defensive player in the history of the sport. Uh, I don't know if you agree with that. I agree with that. Every time I say that on Twitter, people lose their minds. I'm like, why? Why can't he be in that conversation? Like, obviously, it's a matter of opinion. But why can't he be in that conversation? Look at everything he's done. Like, look at his tape. Like I've never seen a player that's harder to handle defensively than him. So like, no, people like you were allowed for Lawrence Taylor and like, okay, well I've seen highlights of Lawrence Taylor and he looked unbelievable and I'm sure he'd be unbelievable (laughs) today, but I've seen every game Aaron Donald pretty much. And I know that guy is a freak. So yeah, I'm taking him first. Yep. Yeah. It's totally fair. And look, TJ Watt, I'll take, uh, you know, second overall here. And, And yeah, he's a top five edge rusher, clear cut, very good player. 
also probably on a Hall of Fame trajectory as well. Um, but yeah, if you're getting mad at the first one, I, I assure you, maybe go watch some some AD film. It, it's enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, I forgot to mention, we don't include quarterbacks in these. Um, right. When we do right. them. So these are non-quarterback drafts of these teams. Otherwise, Stafford would be off the board already. Um, uh, it, I'm, I'm going Cooper Cup here. <laughs> these are, by the way, also only players who are healthy. So Cam Hayward's uh, not on the table for this one. But uh, I'm going to go Cooper Cup. So I've got two Rams on my team. But here's the I thing. I wonder when the next Ram is selected. I know, me, I too. <laughs> me too. I truly am not sure it'll yeah, happen. We'll see. Let's see. Okay. So I guess because he didn't was not eligible last time, let's get Deontay Johnson on the board because he was not, you know, we couldn't get him in the first. Ooh. And I'm going a little early there. Uh, I want to get a he receiver. He hasn't been officially. They haven't said officially that he's playing, right? Oh, should I not? Should, is that disqualify him? I, I think he's fine. He said he's playing this week, and they usually yeah. don't let him talk to the media. I think he's going to play, but yeah, I'm Me looking too. to see if there's an update. Yeah, he's technically still on injured reserve, but they would, have, okay. they would activate him probably tomorrow. Um, I just want to look. He wasn't on the first one. He needs to get in the mix. You he had know, a full practice get... on Thursday. Full, okay, yeah, he's, he's playing. He's playing. Yeah, yeah I think for sure. I think you're good to include him. Yeah, let's get All him right, in there. So you're taking Deontay Johnson over Minka Fitzpatrick and Alex Highsmith, huh? I just I need, I need a receiver. Wow, this is true uh, PFF haterism toward Minka Fitzpatrick, I've got to say, because I think he's like mid-tier safety rankings or something like that right now. Um, I'll take Minka. I'll be that guy. Uh, I'll step up and say I still think Minka Fitzpatrick is the best safety in the NFL. It's just hard to play that way when there's five other clowns with you on the field. Uh, <laughs> so that's what I'd say yeah. there. He's, you think he's your number one rated babysitter in the secondary and also your, your number one rated <laughs> safety. Um, he's taking care of these goofballs. So here's also what I was thinking was I knew uh, the strategy was I knew that you would then take one of Highsmith Minka and then I would just take the other. So give me Alex Highsmith. Yeah. Now I got TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, uh, Deontay Johnson, and you have what AD Cooper Cup and uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick. And you so say you've got Watt, uh, Johnson, Highsmith. Uh, okay, that puts me up. I'm gonna go. You know, let's see here. I feel pretty good about my answer. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be George Pickens. Yeah. Sorry, Puka Nakua. It's going to be George Pickens. Yeah, it's got it was it was one or the other. Uh I'll take Puka. Oh, Puka this high, huh? Yeah, I got to. I mean, cuz the offensive options You're a believer, like, dude. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the the next offensive pick I I'm curious about. I mean, I guess <laughs> offensive line counts, but the next O-line pick, yeah. Uh pretty hard to say. Um okay, I'm going to go I'm gonna go Keanu Ben. Ah, that was my guy. Oh, is that who you were gonna take? Wow, that was my I next pick. Pulled the trigger a little early there, but no, that was my next pick. Me. He's growing on me. I think he's it's, a stud, man. Yeah, he's good. He's real good. All right, just because we talked about offensive line, there's a lot of value in just getting an offensive lineman. Who though? I know. I was just, yeah, this that was tough. he's. Probably, he, it was just crazy. He and look, he's a good player. We acknowledge that, but the fact that he is the best offensive lineman playing in this game uh, against two teams that have like 500 or better records is also, not exactly a ringing endorsement of the offensive line play in this football game. Yeah, and by the way, Aaron Donald, T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, uh, Benton, Ogunjobi, even Bryce Young or uh, Byron Young uh, for the Rams who's having success. Like all those guys are playing in this game too against offensive lines where the best player is Isaac Ciamalo. So. Could be a tough day yeah. for the quarterbacks. 
it's it's, it's gonna be a tough day for the quarterbacks. Yeah, I'll take them. Like, because I just now I think I you know I put that on the in, in another shelf. I'm still in okay. my mind. I'm convinced that I'm building an actual roster. So yeah, give me Smala. <laughs> With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice. Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, uh, so I've got pick number six here. I don't think there's any chance I'm touching another offensive lineman. Uh, oh, man. My guy Cole Holcomb is probably a little early for. The talent is really dropping off here. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go Jalen Warren. That's my guy. That's my That's- guy. I know running backs don't matter, but he matters to me. So I'm taking Jalen Warren here. Dude, he matters to me too. The the uh, lat- or the hurdle into a cut spin move oh. that sent uh, that was Kyle Hamilton flying. It was so sick. Um, yeah, he's a yeah. Blast. I do. I am taking Ernest Jones that we talked about him. Yeah, kind of a right now, a bit of a one dimensional player, but he is he is a 90 run defense grade for us. I'm just I just pulled that up. I mean, he's yeah. probably top five in tackles in the NFL right now. He's just a guy that just is like gets to, you know, double digits almost every game, uh, like a good field general on Ernest Jones. Mm, tackles, ah, uh, tackles, yeah, yeah. The most important <laughs> stat in football, we've, everybody knows. We've reached the point in our roster, that's where we're at in our draft. Yeah. <laughs> tackles are the tiebreakers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is tough. Uh, oh, gosh. Looking at some of these offensive linemen, rookies. You know what? I- I'll go Tyler Higby here. I'll go Tyler Higby. Is he- he's healthy, right? He's healthy. That, that plays. I'll go Tyler Higby. Good blocker, good receiver. I think he's always been kind of underrated. Maybe he never had that ceiling that I thought he did. He was my number one tight end in that draft. Don't look at who really? else was in that. Don't look at who else was in that draft. Yeah, just, just yeah, he was on our way. Yeah. I'm guessing like Kittle or something. Who was who was in that? No, draft? I don't think Kittle was. I think uh, I think that was the uh, was that Andrews. Maybe? I think that was the Dallas Goddard year. Let me let me look. Uh, I'll look yeah. it up. Go ahead. You, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Don't don't look up who else. I mean, look, Higby's been a good player. Just got his fourth contract. He's obviously doing something right. Um, all right, I'm gonna go. This is really where things get interesting in a hurry. You went young already with with Keanu. I don't know if we've seen enough of Joey. He's played 85 snaps. I'll go back to the offensive line. Wow, Kevin Dotson is our highest graded guard. You were not wrong. Um, that is impressive. Uh, mostly run blocking though. And you got to take him. How much of a company man are you? No, no, no. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Uh, well, I love Andrew Whitworth, who like is a friend of the friend of the company, and like has also given like given us some good advice. Whatever. He also was like. You need to change the weights on run blocking and pass blocking dramatically. Uh, he was like, "No, he goes, you don't get paid for run blocking. Look at my, he goes, look at my <laughs> earnings." It was like, it's "Like, all right, wait, you're a legend." Um, I'll take Rob, Rob Havenstein. He's not. You could probably argue Chuk's better. I, Rob's fine. He he's the most like just you know solid above average guy. Uh, I'll take Rob Havenstein. Okay, wait. I'm remembering now. Tyler Avery was the 2016 NFL draft. 2016. Yeah, NFL. yeah, earlier than those guys we talked about. I think. Yeah, that's right. He was. He was the. Um, Hunter Henry, uh, okay, okay. Um, Austin Hooper draft. Maybe, maybe he's the best. I mean, hey, here, here's career. the end of that draft. Let's just <laughs> let's just talk about the fact that your boy may be right. But look, Austin Hooper. 
He's better than Austin Hooper. Is that better career than Austin Hooper? Hunter Correct. Henry, I think he's probably had a better career. Hunter Henry's the injuries, you know. Yeah. Steven Anderson, Nick Vanette, Jarrell Adams, Bo Sandlin, Henry Krieger Coble, David Moore. You just made up the last two names. No, yeah. no, these are real guys that <laughs> Krieger Coble was a, a Iowa tight end. He was yes, he was. Great. No, that you're right. You're right. He's a huge disappointment because he didn't make you're it in right. the NFL as an Iowa tight end. That's the standard yeah. is the standard, you know. Thomas the standard Duarte, is the standard. Like, yeah, I mean, none of these dudes. Like, I'm even looking through the undrafted guys. I think he was There's the best. I think names. I was right. You were yeah. right. I think you – yeah, shout out you. He was the fourth one drafted, yeah. and he might be the best one. Like you said, never wrong just early. That's what we love yeah. to say, never wrong just early. Dude, I'll, I'll, In fact, I'll, always are, right. Yeah, sorry. Always, <laughs> or just you're always right. I remember <laughs> Seth DeValve, Rico Gathers. I remember those guys back in the day. Yeah, Rico Gathers. Wasn't he a Baylor guy? Yeah, he was a Baylor guy. I think Basketball so. player, like uh, like the – Yep, yep, that's Wiley right. Cox, yeah. Uh, all right, cool. Um, okay, so it's me. Who did you take? You took – took Havenstein. Oh, oh, Havenstein. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm going to take – oh, man. <laughs> this is getting <laughs> hard. Uh, we have we have, four, we have a couple more to go here. Um, getting tough. I'm going to take Broderick. What the heck? I'll take Broderick. I, I, I respect it. I respect yeah. it. Dang, it's getting tough. He's played like a game and a half. <laughs> but a game and a half. I'll go right back with it. I'll take JPJ. I believe. Who? Joey Porter Jr. JPJ. Oh wow, I wasn't even thinking about him. He's played like eighty snaps. <laughs> He's played more than more than Broderick, right? Has he really? Oh no. I, let me see. Probably similar. At Let's least see. He's Broderick played... has well, now one twenty, one twenty versus eighty six. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Still. Well, Broderick's played like a full game. Like you got to see, like yeah. Joey Porter Jr. only played situationally. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he hey, he could be, yeah, he could be very deserving here. Okay, uh, what do I have? Uh, eight. I have eight. Yeah, eight. That sounds we right. Have eight. Okay. Yeah. Um, three more. Holy cow, it's <laughs> gonna be tough. Uh, all right. Um, yeah, like uh, sure. Let's uh. <laughs> Give me Byron Young. I'm going to take him. Yeah, yeah. Why not? What I respect heck? it. I respect yeah. it. Yeah, I believe. I like him. I'm going to take yeah. a guy that Steelers fans are going to be mad he fell this far. Give me Najee. You took Jalen. I got Najee oh. like four rounds after after Jalen Warren, so I, I feel good I about it. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't good, expecting yeah, I'm sure right. you weren't, but it was a good value pick. It was a good value pick. I'm going to take – I'm going to take actually Kobe Turner. I, I like him. That was like my the, other choice there. Yeah. I think he so far has rookie defensive tackle for the Rams from Wake Forest. Yeah, just so people don't know who he is. But uh, yeah, 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 he's yeah. played he's played really well this season against the run pass. Can play up and down the D line. I like him. I think the Byron's had more splash plays. I think Kobe's actually been a more consistently yeah. like impactful player. Um, yeah, that was my that was my other choice. I'll go two two <laughs> Atwell. Uh, a guy that I thought was an insane draft pick, but uh, and looked that way at first. Um, but he's he's making some plays this year. If somebody ever gets a chance to go back and look at listen to Pewter Reports draft show that when Tutu Atwell was drafted, and also listen to I believe it was the draft network at the time Trevor Sikama on the draft network when Tutu Atwell was drafted, and you compare our two reactions on different shows we didn't know it at the time we I called him later that night and I was like as I was driving home from that to show you know it's like two a.m. three a.m. or something and I was like what was the pick that surprised you most and he was like two two out I was like dude same and so we both just like played the reactions for each other that we had and they were like the same reactions but on totally different shows 
And it was just very funny to be like, I was like, this guy can fit in your pocket. What are they doing? <laughs> it was just like, it was a wild pick. Uh, it's taken a lot of years. He is actually making a little bit of an impact now. So, yeah. okay, this is my last pick then. One, two, three, four, six. Yeah, yeah, 10. Oh, yeah, we're okay. doing 10. 11 was a bad idea. So, wait, are we doing 10? Or let's go 11. Well, all right, do it. Do it. Go I got a pick here. I got, I got, I got. Oh, some we already money. did ten. I thought. I thought this was. Okay. We already okay. did ten. Yeah. All right. Good. Uh, Good. Yeah. This is. T- yeah. This is eleven. Um, I'm gonna go Steve Avila and over Kevin Dotson. Do you want Steve Avila? Yeah. Yeah. That that's was my right. pick. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. have to settle for Kevin Dotson now. Yeah. Cause no, I guess I should just take him. I. Uh, hmm. You don't have to. I, I just thought to. as a good company man, you'd want to take your company's top number one guard. I guess I have to by default. You're right. You're right. I would. I think I get fired if I don't. I believe somebody wrote better than Quentin Nelson. <laughs> I read that too. He said he said a rich man Zach Martin. I think was we wrote in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, here. I'll do it by default. I was thinking Holcomb. I don't think you took Holcomb, right? You almost did. No, take him. Take Cole. Now give me Kevin Dotson, the number one guard in the NFL. Clip this out and post it. The best guard in football. Is Kevin Dotson? <laughs> uh the PFF blood runs strong. strong. Runs strong, baby. Cole Michelle take... was in the mix too. Good pass blocking center. I, I think we didn't he's take an any underrated. Kicking. No, he didn't get taken. I know. No, I'm taking Dotson. Dotson's last locked week in, we did. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Justin Tucker, Chris Boswell, were like a fifth picks. Oh, true. Who that, that happen? Boswell probably still could have been in the mix. Who's oh, the Rams yeah. kicker? I don't even know. Uh, his kick. The kicker is Brett Mayer. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, Cowboys guy, former Cowboys guy. Former yeah. Cowboys he, guy he's yeah. an undrafted in this in this uh, realm. You know, I live, sleep, eat, and breathe NFL football. Like to the point where, like, I've wondered sometimes if it's healthy. And I was asking, I was telling my wife Brittany the other day, I was like, I don't know if I can name kickers for more than like ten teams. <laughs> I don't know if I can name it for ten. I mean, they are like not even people to me. <laughs> it's, They're it's, not. They're not it's punters. So is probably worse for me. I know fewer. I probably can name a like just because of fantasy football punters. I think I could name five, maybe. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, no shot. Yeah, no chance. I Presley Harvin the third Steelers legend. I know the names. I don't know whose team they're on now. Like, That's fair. That's fair. I like no. Like if you said the punters, they'd be like, oh, I know who that is. Yeah, like, but I don't know of any idea what team they're on. Like they're just nameless, faceless. Yeah, I don't know. Like uh, it's yeah. It's it's a yeah. problem. I need to start respecting yeah. them more. But no, it's it's bad too because you know me. I, I genuinely think I could name the starting twenty-two for more teams than probably most people like in yeah. the business. Like, in and wor- the kickers the and punters yeah. mean absolutely nothing to me. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely nothing. It's so funny. Uh, the Steelers could get Deontay Johnson back and Anthony McFarlane back this week. We will see. Cam Hayward. It looks like is still going to be waiting a little while here uh, before he's back, but hopefully soon, I would imagine. I don't know if there's been an update there. He said, I'll be back before you expect, and I think the expectation was like week eight, and it's week seven, so maybe maybe he was lying, um, but uh, I don't. I think that will be the injury situation. The Rams really don't have hardly any, like, on injured reserve. Like, there's oh, really, really nothing. They're pretty spend. healthy. Yeah, Bobby yeah. Brown would be playing, I guess, but on along, it's a blocking tight end, but yeah, uh, so we, we'll see. Close to full strength iterations of these teams. Last thing before we go, we've got our uh, clown play player of the game prediction and our splash play player of the game prediction. We didn't revisit it since the Rams game, but my splash play player of the game prediction was Minka Fitzpatrick. 
that did not happen. Um, I don't know if he was really involved in the game hardly at all. And my clown play player of the game was Broderick Jones, and he was outstanding. So I'm off to a great start. <laughs> it's going very poorly. Uh, splash play player of the game for you. Who do you – anybody you've come up with so far? I'll go with an easy pick here. Uh, we, can't, we can't name quarterbacks for this either, by the way. Oh, oh, yeah, no, no, not not a quarterback. Yeah. Um, his name's Aaron Donald. We talked about him a little bit. Oh, who? Um, yeah, he's this guy. Look, 99 and 99 in blue. Keep an eye out for him. Okay, um, yeah, that. I just think you can still win this game. Like, he's going to wreak havoc, and he's going to make some splash plays. But I think you need to be able to still win this football game and avoid him as, as much as possible. But, I mean, I, I think you got to pick him when, when we got the Rams on the schedule. We should probably set a limit as to how many times I can pick TJ Watt in a season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am right. going to pick him. I think, you know, Heisman's made the more of the splash, like yeah. in the moment, big plays. That, I mean, Watt's recovered the fumbles, but like Heisman's made two of those types of plays this season where you could point to him as, as filling out that. So I, I, I would say this this is Watt's week, I think, to, to make an impact in that way. Um, and so I'm going to pick TJ Watt coming off the bye. He's going to be the splash play player of the game. Um, clown play player of the game. Hmm. So many options in the Steelers secondary. I'm just trying to figure out which one. Yeah, that's you. We're also going to put a Levi Wallace limit on you as well. (laughs) Please do (laughs) put a Levi Wallace limit on Levi Wallace. How about that? That would be the best way to go about that. Um, I'm going to say that this one is going to be. Darnell Washington dropping a pass down the seam to win the game. No, I'm not going to be that painful. Oh, no, no, no. Don't go that far. <laughs> He's the clown play player of the game for me. Yeah, yeah. Don't go far. You know, not to be mean, obviously, the incredible that Foster Moreau is on the football field. But but don't give us a uh, a Foster Moreau. You saw that last night? Last night? That was tough. Um, yeah, that was not, a tough moment. Yeah, not that, uh, you know, Derek Carr deserved to win that game regardless. But uh, right. all right, clown play player of the game for me. Huh. Let's see here. I'm gonna go. It's funny that that was that was like a significant drop by Moreau. Like, and yeah, I don't feel like I don't feel like anybody really cared that much. Like, there were always the people that are like gonna you know take the picture of him crying on the bench or whatever and be like, oh look for reaction. But like, I don't think anybody was really like, oh, this is on Foster Moreau. Like, this was some oh. heroic performance. Everybody was like, yeah, this just makes sense. Like, it's all you know. <laughs> That's when you know people realize watching the game, like the fact that that was a, t- a potential game tying touchdown yeah. was a miracle in and of itself. So like we're not right, even right. mad. You're right. It's a very good like point. who are the most popular quarterbacks on Twitter in the league? Like Lamar Jackson. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Mahomes obviously. Mahomes, yeah. Like so, if one of those guys led that game and they dropped a, and somebody dropped their pass, people would mer- like go crazy on Twitter toward that guy. But like yeah. because people just hate Derek Carr, like it's just like, yeah, you deserve that. Well, like, yeah, yeah, I bet he I did it because it. he hates him. I love that line. <laughs> Last night that was out there. Like Chris Olave was like, what he written barely ran around or whatever, and Carr was dreaming. He's like, I wonder why he doesn't route and routes hard. He must hate Derek Carr. I'm like, he just he just wants to suck because he hates Derek Carr. Like so anyway, it was just hilarious. People were just, I mean, maybe it's true, but it was just like wild things right. that for certain right. quarterbacks would never be thrown out there, but for Carr, it's like fair game to say all this, which I don't like Carr watching Carr play football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just fit it, fit it to your narrative, whatever. Yeah. Now he was barking at everybody last night. I mean, a lot of like you said, he's had a couple of loaf routes this year, but the one that Carr screamed at him, the ball was five yards out of bounds. So it was, it was yeah, 
And it was a terrible <laughs> route. It was both. <laughs> it was both. It was both. It was bad all around. Um, now we have a good delay there. I actually do have an answer I like now. It's kind of counter to your Darnell Washington a little bit. Uh, Christian Roseboom, who's probably going to play a lot of linebacker next to Ernest Jones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's going to like just have a coverage snafu. Uh, if if the Steelers can actually attack the middle of the field, he's going to miss a tackle or, or miss a pass breakup, uh, and, and they're going to break off a big gainer. This guy's played 234 snaps this year, and not one person listening to this podcast has any freaking clue who Christian Roseboom is. He played college for the you South know. Dakota State Jackrabbits, and Brad's out here putting him on a poster. Oh yeah, that's where the clowns. That's where the clowns reside, baby. Come on now. <laughs> this is brutal. Hey, I'm looking at his PFF grades, and I get why he did this. Are they bad? I'm sure they're bad. Oh, it's rough. Yeah, he's. Uh, he is above a 60 he is above a 47 in one category and it's pass rush. He has passed rush yep. 15 times this year. So yep, good for him. Yep. 45 in coverage, 30 in tackling. He's already missed eight tackles. He's yeah, no he misses snaps. That yeah, yeah. So that was that's where that came from. That I had seen. I hadn't actually seen his coverage grade. I'm sure it was I assumed it was bad. Um but yeah, I was looking at missed tackle data for a project I'm working and it, he was like showing up high. Uh we would do percentage as well like percent of opportunities. And I think he's like second in the NFL. So wow. there's not even a day. <laughs> he is second, you know, percentage of opportunities. Yeah. His missed tackle percentage, 23% of missed tackles, yep. 23% yep. of his tackles. That's very bad. The above um, 10 is bad. So yeah. he's above 20. Right. Right. This is Joe try on Shoyanka territory right here. <laughs> oh boy. Um, Christian Roseboom. You don't even have a date of birth in the, in, in the PFF database for him. He doesn't even Sounds have the speed. Right. Like this guy's like a kicker. Y'all don't even care about him. <laughs> Is there a picture? Is there just a silhouette? Like, oh, there's a picture. There's a picture. Yeah. Yeah. He actually looks like he'd be able to stomp the two of us out like in one. Oh, of course he could. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, that goes yeah, on saying. I don't know if I want to mess with him, but yeah. Anyway, he's going to be the clown of the game. Cool. All right. Cool. Well, there it is. Steelers Rams preview um, complete with all of the drafting and um, the um, prestigious awards and the awards that nobody wants for this upcoming game to be the clown of it. We'll see if we can get one right. Do you remember who you said for the Ravens game? I. For splashing clown, I, I don't. I, I, I don't really don't. You said either. I gotta I look it up. I'll, I'll go back and listen. I just, I start writing them down. I'm, yeah, I don't remember. I don't. I really don't remember who you said. Maybe you said no. Highsmith. I think I actually did say Highsmith. Now that well, I think Ronnie about Stanley it. would have been back. Would you still say? Uh, I was saying we knew he wasn't going to be a hundred percent, and he was maybe not playing. So I think that was why I still. Wow. Love okay. Well, your record's yeah. good. Look out, there Christian go. Roseboom. Yeah, yeah, watch out, baby. <laughs> I seriously wonder if anybody listening to this podcast knows who he is if you do set drop us a vlog yeah. line in the review or the comments or just be like don't leave us a like review on the pod unless you want to that would be awesome but like leave us a comment just about christian roseboom and be like yeah i know who this is but yep. if you don't like i mean i'm just saying i don't think anybody does like if nobody speaks up i'm gonna assume that this is the most obscure player in the nfl going into this game that actually plays anyway so all yeah. right there you have it steelers rams preview we'll be back next week to talk more about this game to break it down to see where the Steelers are actually going coming out of the bye. Uh, kind of a game I think that's pretty important because I don't think they're going to be – Jacksonville, is that a night game? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I don't think so. Kind of a Thursday. Uh, maybe, it, though. No, it's a, it's a 1 o'clock game, I think. Yeah, it's a 1 o'clock game. Okay. One o'clock, the, yep. the Titans game's a, a the Titans game's on the short week after Jacksonville. Um, You're right. Thursday at home. It's I'd say this game's home, pretty though. important. Yeah. I think, I think game, it is. I think it is. Yeah. I think so. All right. I don't think they're going to win many more games in the AFC North. Maybe I'm wrong, but – this is my take. It'd be tough. Yeah. I, it'd be hard to keep it going like this. They've they won been... two already. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how, but all right. Uh, we'll be back next week to break it all down. If you want, leave us a review, leave us a rating, 
subscribe to the podcast, check out the YouTube channel as well. There'll be stuff on there. Hopefully this upcoming week, if I can get to it Um, until then, peace. Thanks to all for listening to another episode of the Yins No Ball podcast. Peace.